This episode is brought to you by The One Summit, two days that would change your life forever. For tickets, go to theonesummit.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And today, we're talking all about Kimmy. It's all about her business, her business growth, how she's how she manages to be the gorgeous creature that she is. And she's got, the, I'm looking at her now, and there's a sign above her head that says, keep calm and carry on. Because <laughs> we are in her bedroom this morning. <laughs> Because it's super, super bloody early. <laughs> I have my eyes hanging out of my head. I feel like I just got out of bed. You did. <laughs> you girls, and I did. But you girls actually have managed to look fabulous. I don't know how that all happens. But I think, but, but, but today, but I think it's a perfect example actually because something that I see in you, and I know that a lot of people who follow you, Kim, they get to see that you're consistent. There's just always something more that you're bringing out. There's always something else that you've got to share. Even just your newsletters are an example of that. So we've spoken about my business. We've spoken about Cindy's business. Now it's time to talk about your business, your business journey. So why not let us let us, let us, us step back <laughs> with the music in the background and I'll, and I'll sing. And why don't you step us back to the very beginning of where it all started, how did it all begin? What was the, what was the what, what was the defining moment that had you say, "This is what I want to be when I grow up"? <laughs> Actually, that's a really good point. Yeah, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I'm, I'm clever to... like that. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, you good. are. Yeah. yeah. Okay, over to you. Back to you. More about yes. Less about me, more about you. Yeah, but, but you know what? Karen doesn't <laughs> even know what she wants to do when she grows up. No. Do you, Karen? I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah, no. Exactly. <laughs> Who does? I know. Who does? I know. I know that there's funny in there somewhere. <laughs> On-road comedian. <laughs> She's woken up. Um, when I was young, I wanted to be a lawyer. I, I wanted oh. to be a lawyer. Definitely wanted to be a lawyer because my mum worked in a law firm. And I just got this buzz at going into work with her on weekends or during the week or whatever after school. So I wanted to be a lawyer. And then... Um, I kind of, as school went on, I realised how much work was going to be involved to be a lawyer. Um, I actually ended up doing six months of law school at um, at Tech, but six months was enough, I think, for the teachers. Um, <laughs> this one talks too much. Yes, I don't think. I think I'm not sure I would have made a good lawyer. Um, but then it was really, and I wanted to be a vet. That was another thing I really wanted to be because I wanted to work with animals until my animal got put down, and then I just was distraught and realised I couldn't do that. Mm. Um, but so then when I was, it was actually when I was in Melbourne, and I listened to two women speak on aromatherapy, and they were up the front of this room. They were gorgeous. They were sisters. They were absolutely stunning. And what I loved about them is that they presented so healthy, so vibrant, so full of energy. And they were talking about something that really interested me, which was the power of using essential oils. And I think it was in that moment I sat there thinking, I want what they've got. I want to do what they do. I love that. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's, and that's when I invested. And how old were you then? 19. 
nearly, oh. tw- nearly 20. Yeah, right. So that right. was, remember we started that other podcast, which we I think we started here. We were going to go there, but we ended up telling my love story instead. Yeah. Yes, true, yes, true. true. So that's where I got up to with the business. And I just remember looking at these two women and I wanted everything of them. I followed them. I went to every talk they did. I she bought, stalked them. I did. I bought every <laughs> single product that they had. They were the founders and creators of Essence Aromatherapy. Uh, 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 in Essence. In Essence Aromatherapy. In essence. Which, which a lot is of people still around, know. isn't yeah, it? It yeah. totally is. So a lot of people would know that brand. Yeah. And, and it was thanks to them and all the training and everything I ended up going through with them over a three-year period that I ended up becoming a speaker. So they, yeah, that's where it started, those two women. And they were unbelievably fit and healthy. And I remember going to Bali on a seven-day sojourn in aromatherapy. And we absolutely imbibed ourselves in essential oils. We went aromatic shop. What's a sojourn? A sojourn. Yeah, she's done some big words this morning. Sojourn and embalm. What? what? Oh, did I? Embalm. Yeah, yeah, I'm serious. I'm with her. What's that? What does that mean? Oh, a social. Well, it was a seven-day social. Time out. Oh, like a retreat. It's a retreat. Oh, what a nice word. That's what it was called, a seven-day aromatherapy social. Social. I'm going to look that up. (laughs) You know, that just sounds very French to me. (laughs) (laughs) And then what was the second word you said? We were imbibed in all the oils. So we were totally... um, we went aromatic shopping, we went aromatic walking, we did aromatic exercise, we did aromatic um, meditations, we did aromatic cooking. Um, it was just everything was essential oils. And it was from that moment on I knew that my life would never not have essential oils. And Fleur happened to come on that Bali retreat. So she was a participant, she a delegate? She was a participant, a And delegate. you didn't know her, obviously? Um, I had oh. heard about her. Is that where you met? Well, I actually met her at the airport in Auckland when we were both put on a plane to go and do a workshop down in Wellington. So I met Fleur then, and for those listeners that don't know, Fleur Welligan was um, a woman that was also working for an essence aromatherapy at the same time, but she was based in Auckland, I was based in Melbourne. And I'd heard about this woman and how amazing she was at speaking, and or no, not speaking, I'd heard of how amazing she was with the oils, and she was a beauty therapist, and, and she was beautiful, that's all I'd heard. So then I got put on a plane in Auckland to fly to Wellington to meet up with Fleur and then we flew to Wellington together to present this one day workshop and it was the funniest we we arrive at the airport and I could tell it was her and anyway we're standing there we're talking and, and I quite liked her you know she just had this beautiful way about her very elegant very um, classic looking and very contained as opposed to me but anyway <laughs> it's a little loose <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> Who even said? <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? Look, you know what? I'm actually looking up in essence, minding my own business, and that just came out like I don't know where. Minding my own business. Well, where I knew that I actually connected with Fleur is we were standing there and we started looking at cards while we we're waiting for the plane. We we're looking at magazines and cards, and she was on one side of the shelf and I was on the other. But we happened to pick up the same card, which was, I don't know if anybody knows these cards, but they were dot cards. So they're a cartoon character of this woman who is full on, full of life, but the picture was dot standing at the head of the table, and there's all these people sitting around a table waiting for dinner, and it's got at the bottom, dot did not want to ruin the dinner party by serving food, (laughs) and we just lost it. (laughs) And she's standing there like this, hmm. And they're all looking at her waiting for dinner because Dot did not want to ruin the dinner dinner party party by serving food. (laughs) 
And we just lost it. We completely lost it. And we were crying in the airport. And I just knew in that moment I really liked her. So then we arrived in Wellington. Oh, I don't know if I should tell this story because I, I'm going to preempt it by saying this is not knocking anybody with speech impediments. Please know this. But it was just when, but it is when, you, when you're traveling with someone and you don't know anybody very well. And we arrived and we were picked up at the airport by this lady. <laughs> oh, I was thinking, oh, shit, what she was saying. <laughs> We were picked up by this lady called Victoria, and Victoria couldn't speak very well, she spoke like that. And so when she picked us up off the plane, she said, Hi, Kimmith, it's lovely to see you both. And I just remember standing there thinking, Oh my gosh, she's got a speech impediment. But the terrible thing about me is I mimic people, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to, but, but when I hear an accent or I hear a... So I'm really sorry to anybody. It's not done awfully. It's just, I just but that's really... just what you do very well is that you are a great mimic. Um, <laughs> and you're right, you can do accents and you can do people and... And do you do it unconsciously? So you just yeah, does I just, it. I, I have, I've so you become, you become mesmerised by the person and yes. then all of a sudden... Yes, and I kept looking at her thinking, what, what made her have that speech impediment? I wonder how that happened. <laughs> Like I was really genuinely um, intrigued by her. So anyway, we get to the workshop, and I still can't look at, and I can't look at Fleur now because I know that if I, now that we've had this big hilarity, I know if I look at her again while Victoria is talking, and I'm so sorry, Victoria, if you ever listen to this, it's so not offensive, please. Um, <laughs> oh my God, I'm so in the poo. No, you're not. <laughs> um, what am I saying? Yeah. But anyway, we got to the workshop, and we arrived, and nothing had been organised, nothing, and there was a hundred people turning up to this workshop. And whilst I'm standing there and all these people and they're all walking in and they're going, oh my God. And Victoria had a team of people that were there to help us set this workshop up. But the team were all having coffee and I'm standing there with Fleur. So I'm up on the front. I'm the one speaking and Fleur's doing logistics. And I'm at the front and I went, and now we're going to, and I look at Fleur and she's doing the cut the throat. No, we can't, like no time. And I've gone, but before we do that, I've got a surprise thinking, oh my gosh, what's the surprise? So I'm just totally thinking on my feet. You guys would both appreciate this. Yeah, yeah. Nothing was going to plan. Everything on the run sheet was wrong. Victoria was nowhere to be seen. She was out having coffee with the girls that were all supposed to be getting footballs and hand washes and all these things together. And nothing was happening. Anyway, so we just worked our way through it. And at the very end of the workshop, Victoria comes back in, bless her, with her team. And she goes, look, I was just wondering where the gift packs are for my team. And I've gone the gift packs and she goes well for working here today and I just looked at her and I kind of got a giggle and kind of went oh my gosh that so won't be happening but anyway <laughs> um but we walked out and then Fleur and I get on the plane nothing's still been said and then we sit on the plane no we get at the airport and we're waiting at the airport and Fleur goes do you want a drink and I went oh and I'm thinking does this girl drink does she not drink <laughs> and then she goes how about a straight brandy and I went I would love a straight brandy and she brings it back she sits there and she goes well I think that went really well how do you think <laughs> <laughs> And we just lost it, lost Fleur it. Fleur did that. Fleur did that. I think that went really well. What do you think? Like this, I could and, see her doing mm. that. <laughs> and so the <this> woman who <laughs> we so together and so on to it. So in that moment, I knew I wanted to work with that oh. girl. So that's how it all started. And then I ended up moving back to New Zealand. And we had a great time in Bali, by the way. But I moved back to New Zealand. And that's when I was asked to write that leading mag that magazine article for um, the leading magazine in New Zealand. And that's when I rang her and I said, I know what it is we have to do. We've got to write a book. And she went, okay, 
and that's where the whole story started. So wow! Mm. And so at first it was just books. You weren't doing yes. anything else. And we actually created a website called Creative Wellbeing, which is the name of, of the parent company. And we created a website that cost us twenty four thousand dollars back then. So this did you? Is, were you still working at Innocence at that point? Um, I was still doing worked? workshops. Fleur had left. Um, because we both had babies now, so occasionally yeah, I was doing right. workshops and doing things like that. But and I, so I was one of their presenters. I did their international presenting and I did their in-store workshop presenting. And then Fleur was the person doing all the training. So she was training consultants to become speakers and things like that. Right. Then, um, then we wrote the book and we launched it with two young babies, and that's when we realised we had our own dream. And so we created a website that had all products that we love to use on this website. So In Essence was on there. We had Cosmia. We had Trilogy. We had all the beautiful skincare products and things and companies that we loved. We put onto this website. And then we learned very early on in our business relationship that people rip you off. And the the web host charged us $23,000 for this website. Now, this is back, Mm -hmm. this is in 2001, 2002. So this is a long time ago. And when we turned around to them and said they wanted another $3,000 out of us, and we turned around and we said, look, the website's not how we wanted it. And they, they made, it was based, it was an American-based website, so it was very American, as you can imagine. And New Zealanders just are not Americanized. Australians are probably more Americanized. New Zealanders are probably more English. English, yeah. So, and they do not, they do not like all the rah-rah in mm. New Zealand. They do not like that. So we were doing the whole, look, this isn't quite right, and we didn't want to pay the last 3000 until we got it right. They pulled the plug on our website. So we had no website. So then we went to take them to court over it. And that was the day my, it was that, that beginning of that year, my beautiful sister-in-law had taken her life. We'd just lost our house. And then I was holding it together over everything. And the day my, web, my laptop crashed was the day I fell apart because the court case was on that laptop. So we went through a hell of a journey, a hell of a journey together. But you continued. This, we did. this is the amazing thing is that, you know, you could have said, that's it, we don't want to do this and pulled mm. the plug and, and just done nothing. But you continued. We did. Mm. And, and then it was at that, in that year after our third book had been released and we were doing really well. It's just, But it was, to be honest with you both, it was more of a hobby than a real business strategy we were using. Everything was based on, this feels good, let's do that. Mm. Not because it was measured or anything at all. The only measurement we ever did or I was ever interested in was the sales. That's all I focused on and Fleur kind of tended to do the back end. She's a bit more precise like that. But I don't think either of us were equipped for the for what we had jumped into. I don't think we were equipped for what we were doing. So then, um, but then of course personally my life took a big turn with Danny and our family and we decided to move to Australia. So I moved over and Fleur was the one that said, you've got to go. So we decided in that moment that we would part and I arrived in Australia and after a few months my, you know, we were doing Read My Lips yeah. and I started working for Cindy. Um, remember I was doing a little bit of stuff in the office. How did you meet Cindy? Uh, oh, I know how I met Cindy. So a friend was travelling in Australia many, many years ago, was travelling over here and they happened to go to a talk that Cindy did. And he had Crohn's disease at the time, so he was very interested in what she was saying. And he came back and said, look, here's a card of a woman I went and heard talk. You'd be, you'd love her. She's so like you. And I went, oh, my gosh. So I emailed, no, yes, I emailed. You purchased stuff, I purchased a tape. Mm, I purchased her right. audio and her book online. And I think it 
was only through fax. I'm not sure, even sure if it was a yeah, website. I'm sure. Oh, I had a website in the year 2000, but you're probably right. It was probably fax. Yeah. But I think it was before. Yes, it was around there. Mm. And I faxed her. Anyway, the tape arrived, put it in my car to play, and it didn't play. So I faxed her another order, and she sent another one. And the second one didn't work. So I rang her, and I said, oh, my gosh, sorry, it's not working. And she was hilarious, and she was so funny. And, and we just hit it off. Mm. And then... <laughs> Um, you spoke in New Zealand, or did I come here? Um, I think I was over with the, with Howie because his family's from there, and we met up with you, me, and Fleur. Yeah, we met up in uh, Auckland because we hit it off so well. And then the next thing, you were over, and I and then met. I came over to talk for the wildly wealthy woman. Yeah, that's right. And, oh, that's right. And yeah, Fleur, and then and that's when we met Rachel. Yeah. And so there was this whole amazing. Uh, and that's when Read My Lips started and. And what's interesting is that we have just been in the local paper yeah. as to what are the Read My Lips girls doing now. Yeah, Ten I years saw on. that in the yeah. fabulous. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was interesting to read what everybody's up to. And it was good to see each other, even yeah. though Kim and I see each other all the time. <laughs> but it was really Jody good. And Jody and Rachel, yeah. it was really good to yeah. catch up with them. It yeah. was lovely. Yeah, it was, it was really lovely. It was nice. Um, so, so then I moved to Australia and it was after working with Cindy for a while that I thought, I've actually got more in me. And it was at that point Fleur actually emailed me and said, and I'd been hounding her, why don't you come and live over here? Why don't you come and live over here? And she did. Within a year, Fleur and her family immigrated to the Sunshine Coast. And it was that year we decided to relaunch Like Chocolate for Women. But we decided to self-publish because we'd done Read My Lips. And we started again. So um, I carried on talking the whole time. but I And that's when I met you because that's when you asked me to speak for that real estate thing very early, even before Fleur moved over here. Um, I remember I met you. I got Cindy. Oh, this was quite hilarious, actually, how we met. Because I was running, I was working in real estate, and I'd started up the a Women in Real Estate Network. Ren. Yeah. And I, ha- I knew Cindy because I'd met Cindy at the showcase thing. Mm, that's right. Where yeah. I was the world's worst speaker. <laughs> and I'd asked Cindy to come and speak. She lies. But the hilarious thing was, Cindy was due to be there at 8.30 to set herself up because it was starting at 9. And at 8.30, I ring Cindy and I say, are you coming? And you're like, Cindy says, what, 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 what? And I said, are you coming? We've got you on, st- you're on stage at 9. Oh, good grief. Cindy, I could hear her. I could hear the panic. And she, with, with intense, it's a horrible, oh. it's a horrible thing. Within 10, 15 minutes, Cindy blows in the door in my little bar with you in tow. That's right. That's, yes, because yeah. she called you to say, can you just come and help me? Yes. Um, I've got to be on stage and, and I didn't have it in my diary. So the two of you blow in the door, Cindy rips down the front of the room. That's right. And des- delivers an absolute cracker. <laughs> Cracker. Right. I, I remember just going, Kim, get here! <laughs> I remember what you were wearing. You were wearing brown pants Jeez. and a brown suit. Yes. Oh, wow. Brown jacket. Mm. And your hair was wet. <laughs> <laughs> that would have just grossed her right out, wouldn't well, it? I was like, what? No, just kidding. You looked beautiful. You looked absolutely beautiful. And Kim, you had on a long silk skirt. Wow. You had a long silk wraparound skirt on. It was like, you know, in a. In a, in a like a peachy tone. Yeah, so that was when I met you girls, and you said to me, Cindy, you said, oh, God, you've got to get Kim to speak. Next time you've got to get Kim to speak. She's a fantastic speaker. She's a fantastic speaker. <laughs> and, of course, I was running this network, and I thought, oh, bring it. Like, that's fantastic. So then that was when I got you to speak the for the next month. month. Yeah. And she won't forget to come. 
No, but, you know, that was that talk. It was my first standing ovation I'd ever had. Oh, wow. Mm. Mm, I remember. Is that right? Mm. Very clearly. The room was full. It was at Kiwana Community Centre. That was upstairs. And upstairs. And at the end, everyone stood. It did was I amazing. come to that? I seem to remember being at the Kiwana Community Centre. I think you Senate. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were there. Yeah, I seem to remember being mm. at your talk. Mm. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah, so Fabulous. that's where, and then Fleur moved over here. And then we launched Like Chocolate for Women and we started the whole thing again and started a new website. And But it was at that point I said, I don't want to work with other companies. No disrespect to any of them. I just wanted to do what we wanted. And I wanted blends that I was making and using. And and I really, look, I gave my all to an essence. Absolutely gave my heart. They had me. I even gave them the option of like chocolate for women, that it would all be focused around them, that we would make it an in essence book. I was desperate to work with them still because one of my dearest friends is still the education trainer for in essence. But they'd been brought out, um, two businessmen owned it and they just they had lost that. Um, it had lost the intimacy that women share mm. in business. And not that that was a mistake for an essence, but it wasn't what I was after. So that's what it was also. But isn't that great? Because that was the pivot that made me go, well, let's do our own brand. Yeah, yeah. And it was um, during that year that we launched Like Chocolate for Women that I got a phone call out of the blue from a woman called Megan Larson who rang me and said, look, you won't remember me, but I did all my aromatherapy training with you in Melbourne um, 20 years ago. And I went, oh, my gosh. And she said, I've just read your book about face. I, re- I picked it up at Auckland Airport, and I read it from Auckland to Perth. I'm based in Perth. Um, I really want to talk with you. And I've gone, oh, my God. And I'm Googling her and looking up Sadashi and everything while she's talking. And she has a chemical-free skincare range and all this. And I'm just looking, and she was my dream. I needed someone to manufacture this chemical-free skincare range. So she flew to the Sunshine Coast, and we put on a workshop uh, at a friend's house, with 30 women sitting there and Megan listened and she watched what we did and what we wanted and she created helped us create 28 isn't that amazing mm. it, I think it is you know that you connected so like 20 years before Later, even yeah. you know you had connected 20 oh, yes. years before and then she happens to pick up your book, reads it, and has a skincare. Like you can't tell me there's no synergy or coincidence yeah. or, or mm. meant to be necessity. And do you know what that's taught me? Mm. Stop fighting it. Well, yeah, Don't right. fight it. Yeah. It's already mapped out. Just trust. Put your heart and soul into it. There's lessons along the way. Absolutely. It's going to be trials and tribulations. I don't know. I have yet to meet a business woman or man that's ever said to me, oh, it was a breeze. Never. And I, another businessman said to me, if you ever think it is a breeze, you're not in the right place. Because if it was this easy, everyone would be doing it. And it's not. Uh, so, good, good point. Yeah, yeah, good point. Because a lot of small businesses um, fold mm. in their first couple of years. So, you know, you got, you've been going how long now? 15? Well, 2001, we launched the first edition of Light Chocolate for Women. That's when we started and created the company name called Creative Wellbeing. So 13 so years. Yeah, 13 years you guys yeah. have been going. And then, of course, life happens and we carried on and we've got the skincare and we've got everything. And then and the beautiful oils. The oils and I will say... We've how got, many oils did you start with? We started with eight Synergy blends and, which, and lavender and peppermint. Which ones, which blends did you have? The same ones that you've got now? Yeah. All of the ones we've got now, except Peace of Meditation and Courage and Confidence. They were two new ones at the end of last year. I must get Courage and Confidence from you today before I leave. She needs it. <laughs> Must have that. Oh, and Jasmine. Oh, Jasmine. Must have that. Been meaning to get that from you. For... Anyway, back to you. <laughs> so 
sorry, everybody. I just forgot where I was there she for a moment. She needed to do her order. No, I just I forgot where I was there for a moment. You really are flies on the wall, really. Because we're in your bedroom right now. I'm thinking, oh, damn, must get those. <laughs> just explain why we're in the bedroom. I just need that. Oh, oh. Yeah. Because yeah. my children are about to get up and get ready for school, and we don't want interruptions, and also they don't want to hear us waking them up. So that's why we're and in the And we bedroom. started podcasting like ultra Oh, really? No. Yeah, we, I was up at 5.15 to get here. You know, I was up at 5. And I live just, I live like two streets away. What are you talking about, 5.15? 5.15, left by 5.30. I was here by 20 to 6. I got up at 5 o'clock, had a shower, and I'm tearing through the house like a mad woman just to get here at quarter two. And they look hot. I and I was you. late yesterday. <laughs> Heaven's alive. Well, I just couldn't anyway. believe at that hour of the, the morning that I could get here so fast. It was amazing. Anyway, back to you, Kimmy. Um, so um, you and Fleur were doing um, your talking, your business was going really well, uh, and then you had a little bit of a, a crisis happen with Fleur more than anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had, and, and I'll just add to this, that we self-financed everything. We never got loans from anything. We self-financed, but we did have one loan outstanding to a lady. You know, I think I might have mentioned this before, but... We needed, you know, like Chop of Women, the new edition. We were self-publishing it, um, and we went to print. Three weeks before it went to print, we found out that the company that Danny and I had invested all our money in had gone under, and so the money I'd earmarked, the $40,000 to pay for that book to be published and um, and printed and all of that and to get it out there, because we'd ordered 5,000 copies, so we'd gone out. We'd really backed ourselves. Plus, we'd printed in China, so everything had to be paid up front, and three weeks before I had to make the payments... All our money went in the financial crash that happened. What year was that? That was 2008. 2008. Yeah. Was, I think that's when. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Um, and that Gosh, was massive. Yeah, that was massive. So, but. It feels like yesterday. I know. Yeah. Well, it does for those of us that lost everything. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, anyway, we then. And, and, and not just feeling sorry for me, what got me through that, by the way, was knowing that there were people twice my age people in their 70s and 80s that had counted on this money and they had not only lost millions but they also owed millions so let's just keep that in perspective um, and I knew in my at my age in my 40s I could actually recreate and we could rebuild and we were both working so anyway beautifully out of the blue who is how freaky is this this woman um, had heard me talk she was a beautiful businesswoman, had also a Kiwi, had arrived in Australia with her husband and two kids, had no money to their name, and worked their butts off to build their business up um, over a six-year period, and to the point where they did extremely well. But as she said, her husband would walk in the door and take over the kids as she'd walk out. Like You know, and to work, they worked. And she really taught me the understanding and ethics of business and what it is to get something off the ground. They were a debt collection agency that they'd started up on the Sunshine Coast and had done very, very well. She turned around and could see what had happened with me and where we were at, and she turned around, she sat there, and she wrote out a cheque for $20,000 and said, I back you, Um, go for it, and I've never forgotten it. Um, And that's very generous. Unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. And we had a contract, a loan contract drawn up, how we'd pay it back and what we'd do. Um, she came to the book launch where we had 260 people at and we sold. That was when we launched 28 Aromatherapy that night and we sold and sold and sold and we just knew that we had to keep going. Our business, our strategy at that point in August 2000 and mm, when did we launch that? 
That was at the um, Mercedes dealership. Yeah, remember that. August 2009, we launched that book in 28 Aromatherapy. And our whole mission, our business plan, was that within two and a half, three years, we would be in David Jones and Myers. We would be on the shelves in these places. We were going to go retail, and that's how we were going to do it. And I would be the trainer. I was going to copy the essence model. That's what I knew. Three months later, in November 2009, we launched 28 Skincare, and that was done at the beautiful modelling agency in Cotton Tree. Again, we had, I think we had nearly 200 people at that event. My grandmother had just passed away. My marriage was in crisis, and my business, I was sitting there going to flirt. I don't know how we're going to do this. We were just breathing. And we had massive debt because we now had all the skincare range we were putting out there. <laughs> we're standing there. Often before we speak, we'll say a prayer together. And we stood behind them. Everyone was there having drinks and kidding. And we stood there and tears were rolling down our face going, how the hell are we going to do this? How the hell are we going to get out there and do this? And then we closed our eyes and Fleur said a beautiful prayer and just said, this is where we're meant to be. This is just a challenge. Um... And then her words were, God, may you speak through us to allow us to speak through to the people in this audience to know and to give us the right direction. And I remember her asking for the right direction. And we went out there and we presented, we delivered, we sold products. And then that night, a woman came up to me and said, Kim, I live in Toowoomba. I've got about 30 girlfriends. Would you and Fleur come out there and do a talk? And I went, sure. We drove out to Perth, uh, sorry, out to Toowoomba, and we got there, and there were 36 women in the room. We did a two-hour delivery, We got and we sold $6,500 worth of product. And we got back in the car, and we drove home. We went, this is not a retail brand. This is a hands-on, face-to-face, direct selling model. Our whole business took a U-turn and a complete different strategy from that moment on. So we then became, I guess, a party plan or a direct selling model. And that's what we wanted to do. And we had beautiful followers. Um, I guess the problem with me is I'm a little bit of an oops, like you were saying in one podcast, Cindy, where it's like, oh, my God, that looks bright bright and shiny. Let's do that. (laughs) Or that looks bright and shiny. Let's do that. (laughs) And that's probably been my greatest lesson on how to toe that in and really learn to not follow everything that looks amazing. Because I think everything's going to work out. How could it not? I don't realize that people don't buy things or they don't always do it the way you think it's going to happen. So... We were really struggling financially. We had every credit card we could because we were two Kiwis with no assets now because I'd lost everything in that financial company. So now I had no assets. I had a husband with major depression and a marriage on the rocks. Unbeknown to me, Fleur was actually also going through quite some pretty tough times um, through her marriage, and I guess it was just all taking its strain. And maybe it was a real cold, harsh reality check of where we had to be with our business and what we were doing. Um, but it was in that moment. But I knew, I just knew that 28 and what I had to offer and with Fleur was magic, that it was changing lives, that it was helping people. And and I wanted everybody to feel what I felt with essential oils. And I just knew I couldn't give up on this. Um, and it was that year in 2010 that I really had to really find myself because it was in that year that Fleur decided that she would return to live in New Zealand um, that she couldn't get the support that she needed here financially from the government because she was a Kiwi, we weren't citizens. Um, she also appreciated from her husband's point of view he couldn't support her in the way that her and the girls needed it. So she returned to New Zealand. And it was interesting because it was during that time also we had another woman turn up in our lives that offered to invest into our business and she was so at the right time, at the right place. And we were so grateful 
So she actually invested into the business, and it was during this time that with Fleur leaving, that Fleur realised with everything she was going through, she had nothing left to give, and she gave it away. So she, I gave her my blessing to return to live in New Zealand. She gave her my blessing to grow the business, which is amazing because not many partnerships end mm. the way out. So gracefully it, oh. was. it was. It was beautiful. It was mm. so amazing. And then, you know, the, the lady that took um, over Fleur, well, she didn't take over Fleur's place, but she was the one who invested in your business, really came at a good time. She was amazing. Yeah. And the beautiful thing I learned from her, she was the head that Fleur and I needed. Yeah. Very strategized, very good with strategy. She was very um, list-orientated. She was very precise, you know, and she was very anal when it came to the money, bottom line, making profit. And she also was very protective of me. So I would say yes to everybody because I just thought I had to get out there and sell, where she would start stepping in and say no. And she could see me burning myself out because mm. Danny was away a lot. And to, to her credit, she was amazing, amazing for me in that year. And during that year was then when the three of us started podcasting. So it was at the end oh, of... Yeah. Oh, was it that? No, sorry, we, sorry, we were talking. We were obviously still in each other's tracks a lot and things like that. Sorry, no, the podcasting started... Both of us go, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I meant no, the talking. Was last year, wasn't talk. it? Yeah. yeah. Wow. No, the year before last. The podcast is saying the year before. We started the November, not last year, the year before, yeah. Shut the front door. <laughs> so that was. Jesus, gone fast. That was 2012, was it 11? Then. No, 12. We're in 14 now. So if it wasn't November 2013, it was, it was the year November before, 12. So 12. It was, it, I'm sure it was, the, it, it was late in that year we started. Or early the next year was it you're looking at me yes I think you're right I think it was I'm around there yes. yeah but what, I guess why I'm interested in the timeline is just again about timing and trusting the process yes. you know and really listening to that and it was during that yes because then I had a whole year with my new partner um, that year and we were and she was very good at helping to strategize and help to get me and my thoughts out on paper and to really start working and you paid back <clears throat> um many loans or that yes, loan that particular back. one um, well, as a part of this partner coming on, part of that was those loans all got separated out to us personally, hmm. um, and Fleur and I had to pay that off. But yes, that was paid off that year. Hmm. I felt my part of it was all paid off. Um, paid my car out. Like just, it was just a massive year for me to get um, back on, you know, back onto even ground, you know, and to really try and do that. Can I just um, ask you because? What I I watched you and Fleur through this whole you know this whole process, and you guys had some really good ideas, and I really want you to explain one of the ideas that you guys had about getting cars because you both needed cars. Do you want to explain <laughs> oh, what you yeah, did? Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. It was awesome. Mm. Yeah. So we didn't. Yeah, this, this was before our new partner came in. So this was obviously when Fleur and I were still there. It was the year we launched like Chocolate for Women. So we had no money, nothing, but we both need. And that's right because we'd sold one of our cars to pay for the book to get it done. So now I had no car to drive my kids to school. Um, so I thought, well, Danny was a cricketer. He had sponsored cars. So I thought, well, why can't we get a sponsored car? So I... Um, it's amazing. I, isn't it? I, remember, Love it. I remember watching going, how did she do that? How did she do that? How did she do that? <laughs> and I've always thought, you can always ask. And if you can accept no, and that's the one thing I've learned in business, you get a lot of no's. And they're okay. No's are actually okay. It's taught me no's are okay. But when you do get the yes, you flip them all excited and you celebrate it. <laughs> so we put a pitch together to um, Pacific Motor Group 
I decided because I've been watching the tennis and the Kia kept coming up and I kept thinking, that looks like a family car. Like I was trying to work out what would match me and Fleur to a car company. As much as I wanted a Mercedes-Benz, I knew that my target market and who I was and what I was about was not Mercedes-Benz. But the Pacific, the Kia, Sorento, just lit me up for some reason. And Fleur's just sitting there going, oh my gosh. So anyway, so we put this pitch and I totally sold myself to the gorgeous managing director of Pacific Motor Group and he sat there and did not say a word. And I thought, oh my God, and under the table I'm whacking knees with Fleur. (laughs) And I kept going. And then he turned around and he went, I can't believe you're sitting here. My wife has got every single one of your oils. She's got your books. And our house is totally filled with 28 aromatherapy. And I went, oh, really? And I thought, right, go in, go in. Go find a jugular. So, yeah, yeah. So I said, well, and he goes, so what sort of car did you want? I went, no, cars. We need two. How's that? How cheeky is that? Very. <laughs> but you are cheeky. <laughs> I well, I thought, oh, there's the moment. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, and he goes, and was that a sedan? And I went, no, no, we want the seven-seater leather upholstery um, here, Sorrento. And he goes, really? And I went, yeah, any chance? And then I put, showed him a picture of how we would sign-painted the car. So I got my graphic designer to create what the car would look like, white painted up with white chocolate for women and then swirl all down it. And he went, wow, you have put some thought into this. And I went, yeah. And then this is what we're going to do. We're going to be on the cover of this magazine, which I knew we were coming out, and we're going to do this, this, and this. And I don't know, but he took a couple of weeks, and he came back, and he goes, right, well, we've got two Kia Sorrentos. You are going to have to pay a little bit of money, but we're going to support you. Um, And when do you want them? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that amazing? And then those two cars drove around for years. And then what we did is that every event we did, if we put it on a Pacific Motor Group, we would actually drop, we would choose four people would win tickets to be picked up by us in the Kia Sorrento. So then we'd have everyone organising the event and then Fleur and I would go and pick up four people that had a girl and her three friends and we'd drive them there and back so that they could drink and have a nice night. But we, that's how we kind of publicised the Kia Sorrentos and we drove everywhere with those cars. Yeah, everywhere. Fantastic. They were everywhere. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I would always see, like, a, I just would always see them. Yeah, the bad side of that is people would go, what were you doing at Bunnings? Well, what were you doing? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, you can run it. You can't hide. I'd always see it parked... Because you two, because Kim and I live very, very close to each other, like literally 700 metres yeah. or something, um, and I would always see it parked, one of them parked down the road, and I figured that must have been where you left the car. If we were going somewhere. Together. Mm. So we'd park one car in yeah. that road, and then we'd drive off together in the other car. Yeah. yeah, but it was great because it was a street that had great profile. Yeah, we put it on the main drag. <laughs> Perfect. We just, you know, out of graciousness and thanks and humbleness and unbelievable gratitude, when you get support from people, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, you'd, do, you'd walk over broken glass for them. Yeah. So, yeah, so then, you know, coming back to Fleur leaving and now on my own and, and now my new business partner and I, and we're doing really well and we're paying off the loan and the investment she'd put into the business actually wasn't an investment she put in it was a loan she gave to the company so um that was coming down and and things were ticking on and that's when our podcasting started and then the three of us started doing things and i realized the business was growing in another direction as well with our awaken the change within just saying awaken the change within.com She created a new landing page. I do because we've got a we've we've got our mm-hmm. um, three day retreat in Malulabar coming up yeah. in November, which we haven't actually said anything about. No. Oh, and I think it would be a great time to talk about that because it was during that workshop. Yeah. Not only did I awaken a change within me, seriously, and people often will think and look at us as presenters and think, you know, we've got it all together or we might, whatever people perceive of a presenter up there. 
you have to remember that those presenters have been through a hell of a lot to learn to speak. Mm. They've been through a hell of a lot to to tell their story in a way that's captivating and 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 enrolling and engaging and all of those things. But also they've got their own journey up there. Mm. They're not that you know they're not the mecca and the be all and end all. And we learn just as much from our participants as hopefully we give to our participants. So it was during our Awaken the Change Within this time last year. This was the week. This oh, week. we were in Byron. We were in Byron Bay this time last year. For our five days. You had the most yeah. amazing memory. Yeah, no, well, I remember very clearly this week, this date. Um, and it was during this week that we were in Byron Bay last year that I really realised that for Danny and I to grow together as a couple and our marriage and our family, that I really decided to make a decision <clears throat> over the next few weeks from that, that retreat that I wanted to do this on my own. And it was no disrespect to my partner. She'd done. It wasn't like she'd done anything really majorly wrong or anything at all. It was just in that moment I realised you were ready to stand on your own. Yeah. I think that's you wanted happened. to be alone. Yeah, you were ready. You were ready to go it alone because I think I think it definitely gets to that point. You had Fleur, which was the beautiful startup and the friendship and the you know. I mean, that's just so much fun. Yeah, it was creating something with somebody that you absolutely adore. And then when she left, I think. From what I saw, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because I could be wrong, totally my interpretation. But from when I saw when Fleur left, it went from being a fun business to actually being, oh, it's a serious business now. Very. Oh, it's a serious business. Oh, my goodness, look at the potential, look at the possibility of what we're creating here. Very. And then... um, when, especially when the other partner came in, it became even more serious. And I think it was at that point that, if, that, that you went, you know what, this is a serious business and I can do it. Yeah. I can. I can do it. I don't actually have to have anybody else making me feel safe. I don't have to have anybody else in it with me in order for me to be a success. I can do this by myself. Mm. And I remember, st- I remember distinctly it was nothing that you said because the conversation was never even discussed, but I remember distinctly it was almost, it was one day you were one person and the next day you were another person around your business. That's right. It was it was a distinct shift it and was. it was amazing. Mm, it was. And I think for my marriage and for my family, you know, I, I, I think I've told the story where Jacob's always said to me, Mum, you know, you've got to remember 28 like chock full and a massive diamonds in the middle of a massive mountain. Your job is to get to those diamonds and then spread that light on everybody else. He said that when he was 10. Mm. And I knew that it was also, what was also really important for me was to bring it home, to actually make this my family. And I tell you what was another key point for me. Here I am doing this business because it's my passion. I love it. But then it got serious. And now it's a serious business that I love. Mm. Was sitting there listening to my daughter. She was asked by a beautiful friend. And he said to her, Taylor, what do you want to do with your life? And she had, she was 15 at the time. And she goes, well, I actually just want to dance. I want to dance in the New York Ballet or the London Ballet. I want to be in a dance company. And that's what I want to do. And he went, that's amazing. And you know, you've all heard me talk about her. But she's very driven. And that's what she wants. Um, she's behind the eight ball a little bit because she didn't do ballet for a number of years when she was doing something else, but she is working her butt off. And we've made some big decisions around her education and around what she's doing to commit to that. But she sat there in that moment and he said, and, and darling, what, what do you think you'd do? Do you want to go to university? And she goes, well, look, university's there, but I know it'll always be there. And she said, I'd actually quite like to be a midwife as well. And I'm sitting there listening to her little confident 15-year-old self saying what she wants to do. So proud of her, you know, yeah. that she knows what she wants to do. And then he said, and, and what if you're dancing? 
you know, what if what if that didn't happen? What if you got an injury? And being married to a professional athlete, it's been a big part of our family, talking about what happens if you snap an Achilles or you are out for life, you know, what happens? And Taylor turned in and she goes, well, you know what, failing that, and if I don't really want to do midwifery, she said, I know that I would love to work in my mum's business. And it was in that moment, I never said anything, but it was in that moment I realised this is actually a family business. This is, this is, oh my gosh, I've got one of those businesses that, oh my gosh, it, it, it's a generational business. This is something that could impact. And I remember hearing Cindy about a year ago, darling, you said something about, this isn't a five-year plan or a 10-year plan, this is a 500-year plan. Mm. And I'd heard that that day, but it was when Taylor said that, I went, this is actually about impacting and creating a ripple effect for forever, hopefully, for for generations to come, because the messages we all speak isn't yes, we've got products, but I realise the products are the vehicle for creating life shifts and life changes and life celebrations. And I think when I look at it that way, I'm so proud that I have my business. I'm mm. so proud that I have created what I've done. And I have to be honest, it's not been easy. It's tough, but. Every day I get excited. I get out of bed with excitement. No matter what's going on, I get I get out of bed excited. I can't wait to get into the day. Mm. Oh, I, and you know what I was thinking is that when you did have that shift, um, I remember the power you had on stage. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'd never seen you speak quite the way you spoke when you had that, had that shift. So not only did you have that shift in... I believe your business, but you had that shift in who you were as a human being. And I, I didn't think I grew up. <laughs> yeah, you think you grew up? <laughs> I did. In that moment, I felt like I had to grow up. Yeah, you you did a really powerful talk, and I remember quite a few people in the room were crying at the end of it. And and you had made that shift just before that. We had spoken about it the night before, I think, mm. and then you got up and presented that with. Yeah, I, I was like, I was crying as well. Mm. Um, and I've heard you many, many times before. Mm. And I had that same feeling. So as well as the business shifting, you shifted as a human being. Mm. And I think um, that, that that is probably a really important point, is that when you are in your business, if you're not growing with your business, if you're not growing with your business, then... Um, you know, you can't, you, you can't, the business won't grow. That's the way I see it. Mm. Would you agree with me on yeah, that one, Karen? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, and I think the key to it all is, is being open to change. Yeah. And that, that for me, nothing is wrong. Um, everything has a purpose. Yeah. Um, even the challenges are, are important. And, and now I'm, I'm finding what's interesting is I'm, I'm being asked now to speak at business events and actually to talk about strategies around business or how do I keep myself going or things like that. So I think it's it's turned from me being a speaker about life rituals and family and beautiful mm. things to now what have you done to survive? How have you got back on track? And I think that that's the beautiful evolution that comes with um, really embracing what you're doing because you recognise that you're definitely, you know, you're a specialist in aromatherapy and self-care and movement and such. But that's the reality. You are also a business person and you are also a negotiator. You are, And so those are all the other pieces that you can actually speak on. Yeah. Because you're not just, you know, you're not just mm. singularly one thing. And that comes with confidence. That comes with um, experience and it comes with nailing it. You know, when you nail your business, then you can get up and speak about being a business leader. You know, when you nail mm. negotiating, that's when you can get up and speak about it. And I think that that's been... 
it's been really a beautiful thing to, to watch because you've moved so quick. Mm. You've been really, really fast. You know, what takes a lot of people a long time to find their own, in just their own individual feet when they go out on their own. You've done it in like, in less than a year. Yeah. But you, you know what? You know really why? Fast. You know why? I've had an incredible team of people around me. You girls are two of them. And your advice, I've come to you and you've seen me in tears at times. You've helped coach me through moments. You've supported me. And then I had my other angel and a beautiful friend of mine, her dad. She just said to me, Kim, you need to come with me and talk to my dad. And her dad's an amazing businessman. And we sat there and he just listened to me. And he's like the godfather. (laughs) He is, isn't he? (laughs) and he, And he sat there and he listened to me and... I don't know what he saw in me, but he helped me and he guided me. And every time I had a meltdown, I'd ring him and he'd say to me, Darling girl, this is normal. This is awesome. Just keep working through. I'll never get one day. He actually turned around to me and he said, I was upset crying because I didn't want him to see me crying because I also thought women shouldn't cry in business. You know, we've got to be a bit stronger than this. Yeah. And he turned around to me and he goes, oh, I love it. I love women that, that cry. And he goes, that sh-. no, he doesn't not cry. He goes, I love women that show their emotion, that actually really live and breathe, and they're that passionate. He goes, gosh, women in business are extraordinary. And when this big businessman turned around and said that, I thought, oh, my gosh, he's so amazing. Then... He just got, and every time something would go wrong, he, especially going through my partnership breakup, he would say, because that wasn't easy or graceful, I must admit, it wasn't as nice as I was hoping it would be. And that's okay too. I, I get the pains of, of both sides. But, and you know, in hindsight, I'm sure there's things I could have done better. Um, but he was so beautiful at guiding me every step of the way. And he would say, Look, they'll probably do this now. This is how you have to cope with this. And never, ever put anyone down, never knocked anything, never knocked me, never knocked anything. Um, but he also then would say to me, now listen, this is what you have to look at now. Now let's look at your figures. Let's look at this. How are you going to do this? And when he showed me the balance sheets and the profit and loss statements and he was going through some of these business, I actually followed him. Now this freaked me out. I was following him and also I had a flashback mm-hmm. to fifth form accounting and I was in my fifth form accounting class going, I hate profit and loss statements. Hate <laughs> what is this? Who cares anyway? But in that moment, I got it, and I said to him, oh, my gosh, I think I understand. And he goes, well, tell me what you think. And I showed him what I said, and he goes, that's it. And I went, oh, it's not that hard. And he goes, no, darling, it's not hard. You just need to make more money than you spend. (laughs) That's all it is when it comes to business. And then reinvest and work out how to reinvest those profits to grow your business. Um, I had other people that would ring me out of the blue and check on me, and and my girlfriend and you three, you know, Sarah is such an amazing person too, and she, and then Fleur from New Zealand texting me constantly, telling me, be brave, do it with courage, grace, strength and dignity, keep going. And I think it was your belief in me that had me truly believe in me. Um, And Danny constantly patting my back and my kids going, you know, Jacob would come out and go, what level are we at, Mum? Are we we getting to the diamond yet? Are we getting closer? (laughs) It's still going on about the diamond. diamond. (laughs) Um, And Taylor would just, or they do different things. I'll come home and the vaporizer's on and it's all beautiful and she just supports me that way. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, she's now learning to drive. So she's driving now so I can do emails and texting while I'm in the car. And, you know, the tough part about it is... Is being a mum and Danny away eight months of the year, I'll be honest, it's not easy. I do feel very alone sometimes. Alone in the sense of um, there's no one else to carry the load, Yeah. but not alone in the business. I do not feel alone at all. I don't feel alone with what I'm doing. I always feel there's people I can ask. The beautiful lady that wrote me out a $20,000 cheque a couple of years ago, 
she, I had lunch with her last week, she just checked in with where I was at, she wanted to know where I was doing with the figures, I have to show these people, they're like my mentors, so I, I truly believe the key to success is having mentors, or in my respect, having a coach, you know, a coach for me is just the same as what it was when I had my running days, they tell me things I can't see, they tell me how to look at the figures in a different way, and they stop my little playful entrepreneurial spirit, well, so they, shouldn't, they don't stop it, Actually, that's the better word. They don't stop it. They embrace it. But they give me the reality check, mm. which I think my type needs a lot. And it's not to pull me down or to say you can't. It's well, maybe just not now. Or perhaps it's just perspective. And much bigger. And, and balance, because in business there's, there's, there's both sides, isn't there? I mean, there's that playful part, which you have to have, otherwise it's not you. Mm. Um, but then you also have to have the balance of, okay, well, if I go off and I play, what does that actually mean in terms of cost? Or what does that actually mean in terms of revenue? So then you can make a decision based on what does my gut want and what does my bank balance need mm. as to what you... Mm. So it's just perspective, that's all. And I think out of it I've learnt relationships really matter. You know, all my relations, all my suppliers, all my accounts people, my beautiful team. I've got three girls, beautiful, amazing girls that work with me. My Cassie has just been my rock. She has stood there. She's watched me go through the change of losing Fleur, through the transition of that whole year and a half, two years, and now who I am. And she has just been my rock. And just stands there championing the cause. She just she is there full time. Never asks for anything. She just wants to see it succeed. And yet she's a businesswoman in her own right. Mm. She could do her own business, but she has chosen to stand by me. And then every one of my customers. It's not like I've got millions of people on my database. I haven't. But the customers I do have are incredibly loyal, and email me and send me the most amazing comments. And yeah, there's sometimes there's negatives and sometimes there's 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 things that don't come back or a product goes off or someone it's turned up and it's not right and I've just learned I, I can apologise and I can mm. replace and yeah. I can you know and you go beyond the call of duty I think with your business and I don't know if people realise what you actually do um, somebody calls and says could you come and speak at some um, remote location that's an eight-hour drive from the Sunshine Coast. And to get there, you know, I, I remember, you know, this just happened where you drove to Brisbane, then got the flight from Brisbane to Sydney, then from Sydney to Tamworth, and you drove two hours to... Bingara. Bingara. And then did a four-hour presentation, turned around, drove the two hours back on the plane at Tamworth to Sydney. And, and, and for how many women? 55. 55 women. Mm. You know, and I just, I just go. Actually, that's, funny, that week leading up to that, it was really tough. It was, and, and I, we weren't. It was all touch and go as whether to go. And again, that head, the business head, saying, "Is there enough people to make it worthwhile and financial?" Yeah. But the emotional side of me saying, "These women are travelling. Some of them drove two hours to be there, and the two women that had organised it were so beautiful." And I was in real turmoil. My daughter had just got into this amazing dance thing, so I was going to miss her. <laughs> so I was doing this whole thing, and I was, I actually, to be honest with you, I walked into my room the week before, and I. I lost it. I fell apart on the bed. I was sobbing, going, I can't, I couldn't split myself and be everywhere. And Jacob needed me for something as well. And, and I was just like, oh, and I came out to the kitchen. And, um, and Jacob and Taylor were standing there. And Taylor goes, Mum, you can see me dance anytime. But these women, they need you. Oh. And you need to go. And you know what? And you know you'll have a good time once you're there. Yeah. So let's do it. Oh, and you know what, and that's what it's all about, is that it is tough getting to these locations. 
but you know what you do when you get there. You know, you inspire a, um, a community that needed it at the time. You know, they're, they're a community that's doing it tough and they're farmers and they're farmers' wives and, and they're doing it tough. So mm. kudos to you for what you do. Like, I, I just look at what you do and um, well done, Kimmy. Yeah. And I don't have any family here. It's not like I have people I can count on to, you know, to, I don't have my beautiful mum here to help or do anything at all. Um, but I do have, and I think this is something about the Sunshine Coast, you might not have family. We're all quite transient here. Not a lot of us have family here. Mm. But you end up becoming each other's family. Absolutely. So a lot of the mums at the school, they know, they see what I do, and yeah. they'll pick up my children for me or... Um, one of you guys, I had to ask Cindy the other day to get down to Bingo. I said, I need you to pick up Taylor at 2.45 to drop in and dance because I had, there was one part of the whole 48 hours or 24 hours I was gone that I couldn't get Taylor somewhere. And, and it was so funny because, you know, I was at work and I, and I said to everybody, oh, I'm going to go pick up Taylor. She's got to go to Bali. No. I haven't done that in <laughs> so great. long. But I haven't done it in so long because my kids are all grown up and mm. so it was, I felt really, that would have been fun, really cool. I did enjoy it. Yeah. I know, and I'm very grateful for that, you know, yeah. and I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing if it wasn't for the support of people around me mm. and my children being so open and supportive. and mm. But we did have a massive, and this is something I would encourage if you are going to get into business, you need to get your family on board or, or the people close to you, not so much on board with the business, but on board with what it's going to take for you to do that. Yeah. Um, because you are going to be working long hours. You are going to be up early. You are going to be tired. Some days you're going to be grumpy. Some days you're going to be stressed because you've got bills to pay. You've got... $19,000 worth of bills and you got $6,000 in your bank account. How the hell are you going to make that work, you yeah. know? And and it's not easy. But I tell you one thing I am going to do. This year I've decided I'm launching my new book. I'm in the process of writing my new book. I've got a new beautiful product that's coming out this year that I'm going to keep a surprise until the night. And I have um, an exciting night where I've asked for Taylor's Dance School to be involved with the launch party. So... We're going to have this big celebration here on the coast just before our Awaken the Change Within retreat. And I want to celebrate because it's my fifth birthday this year. Oh. And, <laughs> and I think it's time to celebrate. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Is it five years since that? You mean the oils and you? Since we launched in launched, August 2009. Yeah. Oh, well done. Um, but you. 28 was launched in October 2009. So this October, November, I'm going to celebrate. So we'll do a podcast on on that launch. I think we yeah, really a fun. Idea. Yeah, yeah. When I it think comes, um, we're we're going to record a live podcast that night. I yeah. Think. Oh, because that'll of the, be fun. Because that'll of the guests, the guests that I've got coming. Yeah. I want. Them, I want it recorded. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, that's uber cool. Sounds good. Oh, that's wonderful. What a beautiful journey. Mm. What a beautiful journey. And And not without its challenges. And I think with coming to the completion of this, you know, the Awaken the Change Within Retreat, that made a change for me. Yeah, yeah. So I would really encourage any of our beautiful listeners to make it. That's an incredible three days. Mm. And to be in your presence, both of you, and be alongside of you as a presenter with this, I think it's such a privilege, but... It's such a privilege for the three of us, I know, to present the material that we have and to engage it with the people that really want to hear and make that difference. It's life-changing for all of us. Mm. That's true. I, I agree. When I, with Awaken the Change, I always learn so much. So You, just, you come out transformed. You yeah. can't not. Yeah. Well, it, we're looking at everything. We're looking at, mm. looking at the physical body, looking at what we're putting into our body, you know, what we're eating, what we're putting onto our body, how we're moving our body, and then 
how we need to use our brain, <laughs> which, you well, know, it's, it. it's all in one. It's all in one. So yeah. for those that are interested, what's, um, where so do they go? So for, um, if you want to have a look at it, it's, it's, it's an absolute bargain. Um, go to awakenthechangewithin.com. And it's just a very simple one-page outline of the event and also an outline of each of us and what we are going to be sharing and talking about. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's funny. When I was putting the website together, it's it's interesting. As I was trying to describe what people would get and what we were talking about, language was so limited. Mm. Given that this is our third one, fourth one, mm-hmm. um, in comparison to, to what we get and what everybody, what everybody gets to walk away with. It's almost, it's kind of like you can't actually, I mean, we've, I've, I've put words to it as well as I can, but it's an experience. Yeah. You know, it's, mm. it's an experience. And when you have the experience, you actually know. And until a person has an experience, they can't know something and therefore make a change. Yeah. You know, we can read a book, we can listen to somebody, but until you actually have the experience of it yourself, you can't know it, and then you can't make a lasting change in your life. So Awaken the Change is about giving people the experience so that then they have the knowing and then they make the change and then life's the way they want it rather than life being inflicted upon them. Sounds yes. good. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Thank you, Kimmy. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah, I really Thank enjoyed you. it because I learned some things. You know, like I've been on that journey with you, but I learned some things. So. Really? Yeah, it was good. You're good. So cool. It's nice it. to relive it. It is yeah. actually to yeah. see, you know, where you've come from and, and what you're doing now. So thank you. Yeah. So give us your comments on Kimmy's journey. Tell us what you think about her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no doubt you guys love her as much as we do. So post your comments on the Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Or you can post your comments on allthews.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. And we're going to see you right here, same time, same station. And join us here right next week on up for a chat (laughs) and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world we'll see you on the ride Hi, this is Lawrence Tan from the Wellness Guys and Insights Champions Mind. The Wellness Summit is fast approaching and we have some limited spots for a selected group of people. If you are ready to take your body, your mind and your life to the next level, join us as a VIP at the Wellness Summit. Ask the speaker any questions you want at our meet and greet and a VIP dinner. You get to sit in the first front four rows for an intimate experience and you get to take home the DVDs and MP3 recordings of the entire event. And for VIP Platinum holders, you get also a $500 Wellness Couch voucher to spend on any upcoming Wellness Couch event. Hurry, these Golden Planet VIPs are strictly limited. And for more information and to book your tickets, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.